Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I just want to know, real quick, because this is strange to me, that him saying all of this, now he tripped out, and everyone's like, oh, things happen. When I've acted that way before, I did not get this same well, no, response. I'm not- because I've acted that way towards Raquel just two years ago. My dad died, you twat. Come on, you cannot be this dumb. And everybody, including my own friends, were like, you need to muzzle yourself, bitch, and get back in your cage. So the way you acted at Sheena's birthday was disgusting. How in the world is Charlie going, oh, she's just hurt, I'm confused. When I'm backing up Ariana, it's because I'm backing her up based upon what I'm seeing. I'm not judging off the last five years. I don't care what you guys do. Well, then you years. have no skin in this game, baby. Well, what do you mean I don't have any skin? I'm still here at the table. I see you. I'm allowed to say what I want to say. You're not the only one that's not allowed to say things. This is what I'm saying to you. What are you, you. saying, Lala? Explain well, let me, me speak, bitch. Don't call me a bitch. Then, if you then, want to play this game, we can play this game. Enough. For real. Don't enough. call me enough. Don't. Enough. Let There's me one speak. person you can't play with, and Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills edition. I'm going to do, you know, a fairly quick mini recap of Vanderpump Rules because they were playing in my face this week and here's where I'm going with this. I don't like when there are too many tricks, you know what I mean? And there were just so many and I don't like that. We all know that Vanderpump Rules, the genius of Vanderpump Rules comes from the relationships, right? These like totally organic, fairly incestuous, all wrapped up in one one another's lives sorts of uh, relationship dynamics. And we're not getting that with this season. And I thought the premiere was good. And I think there's still good stuff there. I'm not totally giving up on season nine already but there were just too many things there the fashion show the working out with uh he-man brock um the there were just so many things and i just like it felt more produced than i i like for my my 40 plus year old children over there at vanderpump rules i i didn't like it and thank god for randall He really gave us some, like, real content and said what needed to be said to Schwartz. Let's just get into it right now. So, you know, talking, speaking of too many tricks, 
the guys go, Tom Schwartz and Sandoval go with Brock to do, I don't know, what, what, electric bike, electric stationary bike with each other. It's some sort of like, it looked like when you go to those raves that you don't hear, you can't hear the silent raves and you all have to wear, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Kara, find your words. Y'all, you all have to wear headphones. And so you can't hear what's playing. But they were doing that, but like on a bike. And it's like, I don't want to do that to begin with. Definitely let's not involve exercise with it. So Schwartz starts talking about how Brock is so built. And he's got these thick, juicy, gorgeous thighs. This skull-crushing thighs. And the, he gets into this like thing about how he's invested and has thought about the perfect thigh to junk ratio because you know if you got those like I think he called them ham honks not ham hocks ham honks I think is what he said um that it can throw you off even if you have the biggest spiciest brushel between your pants betwixt your legs if your legs are too big then it throws the whole thing off so Schwartz pretends like he has spending has been spending any part of this like past decade doing a math problem and solving for x or whatever like I don't care I don't care next we have Lisa and Ariana they get together they're friends now sisters through Christ and their mental health issues that sounds really harsh (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. But, you know, they're, they've bonded because they both deal with, like, anxiety and depression and, and that sort of thing. Um, I, what I thought was interesting is that Ariana said that she was interested in, in joining in on this Schwartz and Sandy's endeavor herself. But then she thought that maybe this was something that the boys really wanted to do together and so she pulled out but it seems like Katie has not gotten the hint on that and she's causing more drama now I'm gonna have to like put an asterisk at the end of that sentence because we find out more later um okay so Ariana also starts talking about Lala and the tiff that she got in at Sheena's birthday and how she's just really confused about what Lala's deal is with her anger and what she's trying to accomplish with it. Agreed. We as a society have evolved past the need for Lala's brand of like villainry. Like if anything of the season is uninspired, it's that. I don't care. Like she... I don't know how to really describe it. I just don't find her to be a pleasant villain. I'm not anti-villain whatsoever. I like somebody who goes in there and stirs the pot, Candace Dillard Bassett. I do. I enjoy it. But you have to do it right. And she's just like out here flailing and being angry and trying to be the HBIC. And it's not working. And it's almost to the point where it's funny. But it's really more annoying than anything at this point. I It's just, I, I'm over her. I'm really over her. And if we were going to have a villain, we could have kept Kristen Doty. You know, because Lala was implicated in this race stuff with Faith as well. It wasn't just Kristen and Stassi. It was also Jax. It was also Lala. Um, so why she got to stay is beyond me because it seemed like... Jax was just as guilty as Lala was. Like, 
Kristen and Stassi were tier one and then Jackson Lala were tier two. Um, so I, I don't know why she got to stay. And I also feel like she's really just like boxing with God to try and be something and make television. And she doesn't need to do it. I, it's not working for me. I don't know. I don't think it's working for anybody. Later, we have Tom and James planning James's proposal, his Coachella-inspired Ray Cella, whatever the hell, um, Palm Springs vacation situation that he's going to drop down and give Raquel a, a Tiffany ring. Um, why does Tom not hear my cry? I have been saying for years that Tom Sandoval needs to get into the wedding and events industry. He needs to develop a um, best man kit of all those things that he brings on all the weddings. He needs to get into this. This is like easy money I'm throwing at you, bro. And I only want like 47%. He needs to do this. Like, I think he has a passion for this. I think he has a talent for it. And I want that for Sandoval. Like, I want Tom Sandoval to be the next David Tatera. He deserves that. We all do. We all do. Um, I don't really care about this proposal because this is like cursed, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, then we see, <laughs> speaking of Lala making me laugh, her um, compelling storyline of how much she has on the line of potentially becoming a New York Times bestseller for the book that she allegedly wrote that definitely nobody read. Um, clearly, she knew that it wasn't going to happen because I feel like they project pretty quickly and you can tell kind of like record sales where your sales are going to go for the end of the week. She knew. She knew she wasn't going to do it. She talks about uh, channeling her inner, inner Angela Davis and going into Barnes and Noble and doing the radically illegal act of signing copies of her book. Uh, you know, thanks for telling us, I guess maybe if the upwards of five people that have possibly been interested by all this publicity that you're drummed up for the book by talking about it on the show, maybe they'll find those books. Cause you know, <laughs> In all those months since that happened, they still have not sold. So uh, walk, just walk, just do like, if you happen to be at a Barnes and Noble in like Brentwood or something, I'm sure you can find a copy. So the two Toms end up going to Villa Rosa and Lisa tells, uh, excuse me, Tom tells Lisa about James's proposal. And in a confessional, LVP says that she's worried for Raquel Here's a tip. Do what you do did for Tom and Katie and just put the gauntlet down and say that you're not going to officiate their wedding five days before they're supposed to tie the knot in some sort of effort to um, get them to get their shit together because that really worked out so well for them. Remember? Maybe you should do that. Um, anyway, they talk about the new bar. LVP asks what the name is. She finds out that it's Schwartz and Sandy's. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm really passionate about the names of my restaurants. Which is why I stole the good version of your names for the bar that I barely let you sign a contract in. Darling, so good luck. Because you can't have Tom Tom. Um, Schwartz reveals at that point that... <sighs> 
Not only did he come up with the word uninspired, so we found out last episode that Katie had called the name of the bar uninspired. Um, This actually came from Tom, and not only that, that he had employed Katie to do his bidding to plant the seed of doubt to Tom Sandoval in order to be this, like, Johnny Goodboy. I can't stand this milk toast bitch. He is the textbook definition of failing upwards. It's so annoying. He has been riding high on his looks for years, and we are all responsible for it, okay? Myself included. I can't stand him. I don't like Tom Schwartz. I can tell you unequivocally, I do not like him. I know people who know him and say that he's so nice. People who have met him in passing at events or whatever, who said that he's the most pleasant, most affable, kindest, will sit there and talk to you kind of guy. I don't care. I might even ask him to be on the podcast, but I won't be nice to him. Okay. I might. Um, Here's the thing. I hate this. I hate these like nice guys. I hate these good boys who think that rather than just being direct and honest, they're going to go behind the scenes and get other people to do their shit. And then, then they're going to come back. Maybe when they feel like it's safe to say something, then they're going to say, but, oh, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I hate that. Don't do that shit. You, he is damn near 40 years old. And if you can't tell your very best partner in life, and by that I mean Tom Sandoval, that you don't like the name of this bar, a bar that you're not even really that invested in, a bar that you have, like, taken equity out of your home to put money into, and by, when I say he's not invested, I mean, like, he's not invested in, like, the day-to-day aspects of it, as we come to find out later. Just tell him you don't like the name. Like, what? what is he going to do? Beat you? <laughs> what was Tam, Tom Sandoval going to do to him? He was going to probably go up into that high octave of his for about five minutes, tr- two to three tiers tops, and then he would move on with his life. Harmless. But now you're getting your wife to start a fight with your best friend because you can't tell the truth. And now, like, what? Do you hear yourself? It's so much more work to do all of that shit than to just tell the truth. I hate him. I really, oh, there's nothing less attractive than that. Ugh. And if that could not be worse, when he gets home, Tom tells Katie, oh, like, yeah, I told him that I, it was actually my idea and I didn't really like the name Shorts and Sandys. Um, so what I really think that you should do, um, in an effort to fix up the mess that I made is to try to make up with this guy. So you made Katie be a soldier for Christ for you. And now she's got to apologize. What? What? (laughs) And you guys know, if you heard me last week, I said I didn't really like Katie either. And I think this is a lot of why is that she will be a soldier for Christ for all of these people. And then She ends up looking like the bad guy, but then she ends up looking like a worse person trying to like fight her way out of these battles that she didn't have to fight for people. You know, (laughs) I don't like that either. I don't like it either. Um, Both of them need like 
all the world just like buckets and buckets of confidence. They need to get away from each other because they are definitely worse people as a unit than they are individually. And even though I've never seen real evidence of them having been broken up, I know this to be true. I know this in my heart to be true, that they are awful people together. It's unhealthy and it's sick. And you guys aren't even fucking, so, like, really, what's the point? <sighs> anyway, the cast goes to Palm Springs. They get this really nice house. I've been campaigning for years for the Board of Tourism from Palm Springs to so please get me some sort of collaboration. I don't know why. I just feel like it's in my, you know... It's in my future, so much like these SNL tickets, um, I'm putting it out there that I would like a free vacation to Palm Springs. And I will, like, I'll write a blog about it. I, I'll do the work. I don't care. I'll do it. I just feel like I need to go for free. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. So Charlie comes with Buffy, her um, mannequin doll. You know, the kinds that you can, like, almost like a... Do you guys remember? Ugh. Do you guys remember? The one thing, I feel like we all have one thing that we didn't get from like our childhood, from like a birthday or Christmas or holiday or something. That for me is the Barbie makeup doll, the one that you could do her hair and she was just like from the shoulders up, almost like lifelike in size, but not quite. Um, and you could do her hair and makeup. I wanted that so bad. Mm. Where am I? Um, Charlie brings this like mannequin that apparently she's been going to esthetician school and has been doing eyebrows. The eyebrows on poor Buffy were giving Mary from Sister Wives. Maybe not even Mary. Maybe even more like if you guys are real Sister Wives heads, more like McKelty. They were like McKelty brows. They, it was bad, girl. And you graduated? Hmm. Um, Charlie says that she is not trying to be Lala's enemy because she grew up in Barstow and she's about that life, whatever that means. I, I don't know. She says she's had guns to her head before. She seemed pretty blase about it. So, you know, maybe that is something to look into when you feel, when you're really like, yeah, yeah, I've had like several guns pointed at my head and you could just say it like, just roll off the tongue. That's, that's done well. And Lala really needs to watch her back. Really, really does. People from California talk about Barstow like it's like Cartagena. Why is that? Can somebody explain? I don't care. Um, anyway, the house is going to be having a fashion show. Like I said, another just like stunt and show I don't care about. It's hosted and um, judged by Tom. And lo and behold, he ends up being the only person who gets um, tens, tens, tens across the board. Um it was supposed to be like a high fashion situation, I guess. Um, <laughs> Katie looked like she was modeling like the LuLaRoe intimacy collection. Um, Ariana was giving like sexy Karopi. Is that the name of, of Hello Kitty's little frog friend? That's what she looked like. Um, James thinks Raquel looks really hot. She was giving like a camel caramel, you know, fall pumpkin spice latte kind of vibe and he says little does she know Raquel's about to be the first Mrs. DJ James Kennedy and you know as long as you say it nobody else has to um Lala thinks it's a reasonable thing and I just have to say like begrudgingly she looked so hot she looked so hot Ugh, 
disgusting. Anyway, Lala thinks it's a completely reasonable thing to be upset with Charlie for simply saying last week that if Lala had said the things about Ariana that she had said to Charlie that she would have her feelings hurt. This apparently, in Lala's mind, is a reason to get into a fight with Charlie. <laughs> okay, see, she's doing too much. It Nothing makes sense. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, Karen versus Giselle, beautiful. You know, something that makes sense. Two people on the same level who will not give it up and who there's a respect there. They're like frenemies in the true sense of the word. I don't give a fuck about Lala and Charlie. And that's no disrespect to Charlie because I actually think I'm going to like Charlie a lot more as the season goes on. Um, I don't give a fuck about anybody in relation to Lala. It's like when you multiply something times zero, Lala is a zero. So anything that's in comparison is always just going to go back to zero. You know what I mean? Like there's no winning. You know what I mean? Um, So Randall, like I said earlier, the only person giving good TV, he's asking about the bar. So we find out that Randall actually wanted to invest in Schwartz and Sandys. But then something happened. They did, He found out that they didn't really want him to invest, but they also didn't really explain it to him. So he brings this up in front of everybody and come to find out Sandoval's parents, his mom and stepfather uh, invested in the bar. Tom and, and Tom took equity out of their homes and then Sandoval's parents decided to invest. But the condition was that, um, nobody else be involved in the investment process. So Randall's like, thank you, Sandoval, for telling me the truth and being forthright and honest. Not you, little shorts shuffling, trying to be the good boy and be like, oh, gee, I didn't know that you were actually really invested. I didn't think that you actually really wanted to give us money. So I just moved on with my life. Oh, gosh. Oh, 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 sorry. And it's not like this one incident is that annoying but I think Randall's coming from a place of like you do this shit all the time grow a nut sir and stop playing in my face I make straight to DVD and straight to video on demand movies like you can see seven of them every year I don't have time for you to be playing in my face about some bar in Franklin wherever the fuck Stop. Just tell me the truth. Just say it. And Randall's not done at that. He's goes in on Schwartz and he starts talking about how like, you probably don't know anything that's going on with this bar. And to make it even worse, they cut to Schwartz in a confessional and the producer is saying, Hey, what's the concept for the bar? And Tom just has to burst out laughing because even though this scene happened with Randall, He's now had time to brush up on what the concept of the bar is. And he still doesn't know. And he's like, just burst out laughing because he knows that he's a dickhead. And he's like, oh man, don't do this to me. <laughs> Come on. What? Don't do what to you? Ask you for the business plan for the business that you're forming? Ugh. Randall says, I'm going to keep talking to Sandoval from now on because clearly he's the decision maker out of the two of you. And by the way, Sandoval, don't bring shorts to any meetings because clearly he doesn't know shit. 
Wow. Randall, money by Monday, went off on you. And he was right. He was right. And you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and say that a guy who faked a heart condition after 50 Cent wanted to know where his money was at owned you on national television and saying that you didn't know anything about business. (laughs) Think about that, bro. That really should cut deep for you. And if it doesn't, I'm concerned. So after we're done with that, James reveals that he is um, currently not allowed to enter the Sir premises because he had a little bit of a slip up with Max. And I guess by that he means he slipped his fingers over to his keypad and called Max a fat prick over and over and over again. So then Lala takes this as a moment to victimize herself and say that she's trying to call out the hypocrisy of why are you guys so forgiving towards James? Why do you guys say that you believe him this time when he says that he regrets his actions? When two years ago, I repeatedly went after Raquel and called her a Bambi-eyed bitch and a dumb idiot or whatever the fuck. And you guys told me to muzzle myself and go back in my kennel as if she's like really on some feminist shit. Like, no girl, you should be embarrassed that you behave badly. She wants equal footing in the sense that she wants to be able to say whatever the hell she wants and not get any got get any get in any trouble for it that's what she wants she doesn't want to do better she doesn't want to be a good person (laughs) because if you were interested in doing better and being a good person you wouldn't say shit who cares who cares if they forgive him over and over and over again neither of you guys should be behaving that way and you shouldn't be like jealous that he gets to do it You should want to do better. (laughs) And then Lala says the funniest thing to me. She turns to Ariana and calls her behavior disgusting. (laughs) For what? Saying that she felt some type of way about you saying on a podcast that you don't give a fuck about her. And she doesn't give a fuck about you. That's it's that's disgusting. Okay. (laughs) Then Lala tells Charlie that she has no skin in the game about, and then what, what does she say? Oh God. For defending Ariana. And when she like, doesn't know the full story, like Charlie, you have no basis in saying this because you don't know the full story. You don't know that, you know, five years ago I was mean or blah, blah, blah. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And then she gets on Charlie for, like, just judging people on the present and not their past behaviors. And then she calls Charlie a bitch and tells her to shut up. So Charlie is like, okay, if we're going to be talking about old shit, how about the time that you called me a dumb cunt online before you even met me because I didn't want to eat pasta? Now, what you didn't know is that I have a lot of trauma surrounding eating and that I don't eat pasta for a reason and that when I was growing up, I was forced to eat food and, you know, I if I didn't, then I was punished far more than what is normal. Like maybe some kids would not get dessert or, you know, time out or something like that. But like I had to deal with things that a child should not have to deal with and it makes me uncomfortable to this day. So... Anything to say, Lauren? And Lauren looks so stupid. She looked like a Bambi-eyed bitch. Like, because she knew that she was not going to win this. 
And so Randall says under your breath, hey, go and try to make up with Charlie. So she goes up to Charlie. And the thing that she says <laughs> is that you, she, Charlie needs to stop making assumptions and the group as a whole need to stop making assumptions about what um, everybody else is going through. And like, we expect each other to know everything about everyone's past and, and we need to stop making that um, a, a thing. But literally the reason why you got into this fight is because like 45 seconds ago, you told Charlie that if she didn't know the history, then she needed to shut up. Okay. See? Flailing. Kicking and flailing. Ugh, I can't stand her. I cannot stand her. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Lala tries to establish dominance again by saying that if Charlie says something she doesn't like, then um, she will get out of pocket. Okay? If I say, if you say something at all that I just don't like, I will get completely out of pocket with you and be disrespectful. Is that a normal thing to say? Like, she keeps trying to sell this idea that, like, she's gonna, like, give them Lala, whatever the fuck that means, because nobody's read your book. Okay. Was there a chapter on like what exactly what exactly we should be expecting? Maybe I'll buy the book. But you keep trying to promise this like empty bullshit about like you being boss bitch and it's not working for me. Thank you. I don't want to talk about this episode anymore because she's annoying me. All right, let's talk about Beverly Hills. I mean, I had a conversation with her. She basically just said I I still feel how I feel. She thinks you have not been honest about the car accident that bitch my story is true 
and it will always be the same and it will never change. Tom had an accent. He, um, uh, I know you didn't see him. You didn't hear from him. All right, you guys, here we are at the mm, sort of anticlimactic season finale of just an explosive year with our girls over in Beverly Hills. Um, I heard through the grapevine that the finale was not really anything to write home about, and y'all were right. You're absolutely correct in that. So let's just get into it, because there really was not a whole lot there. Um, honestly, the beginning was the most iconic part where, you know, okay, so like, let me let me just be honest here. Let me be honest. I've said it before. Maybe some of you guys heard it. Maybe you didn't. But here's my truth. I find blonde children to be terrifying. And because of that, I had difficulty um, being exposed to Dorit's children in the past. They were very blonde. They were very unsettling. But here's the thing. Growth. Thank God for a thing called growth and opportunity. And I'm not talking about personal growth. Um, because I'm just going to continue to be like immature and have this arrested development thing. It's like part of my charm, but I'm talking about like the kids grew up and now they look less terrifying to me. So like I said, the beginning of the episode, Dorit comes home. She's Gucci and Louis Vuitton down to the socks and Phoenix immediately roasts her for crossing, uh, designers. She's like, do you like my outfit? And Phoenix is like, no girl, you got too much Louis and the Gucci going, it's gauche, and I don't like it. And she was right. She was absolutely right. Um, the next we see Erica and Crystal, they go to this uh, club. Not the club. It's like this really nice restaurant, um, this Japanese restaurant that Crystal's going to be hosting a uh, New Year's Eve party for. And Erica says that, look, she's not over what happened with Sutton. She's not over what Sutton said to her, but she doesn't want to hold on to that anger. I, I do not believe that, but I haven't believed anything that Erica said this year. So, you know, fire one up, just throw another coal on that fire, if we will. Um, so later Sutton goes over to Kathy's spec house, the wealth, um, the opulence, just a quaint 50 to $52 million brand new built home that was supposed to be the next home for she and Rick. Just, you know, tiny little home for two people. Um, and she says that Rick talked her out of it because he feels like she's too sentimental and that she would miss the old, gorgeous $50 million house that they live in. Um, ooh, I, I just like, you know, just hairs... Hairs on my on my forearm, just going up at the wealth, you know, just going up at the wealth. I was having a conversation with my friend earlier about how, you know, if we wanted to factor out the problematic behavior of these housewives, like none of us would be watching the show. It really takes uh, suspension of, of disbelief um, or, you know, of, of the reality, really. Um, but I have to admit, like... Kathy, part of Kathy's charm for me is just that she's rich as fuck. <laughs> I'm not even going to mince words with you guys. Part of it is that she's so wealthy and we see things like if I, if we were introduced to the housewife show, particularly uh, Beverly Hills, 
as being this aspirational show, this lifestyles of the rich and famous, this behind the gates access that we're not going to get. Like, I want to see that. I That's what I want to see. I don't need to see Lisa Rinna's hoarder house. I don't need to, like, go through her adventure. Remember she had that rat problem a couple weeks, a couple seasons ago? Yuck. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I see rats all the time in New York just, like, making merry and acting like they pay rent here. I don't need to see some L.A. mouse posting up in their oven. Yuck. I don't want to see that. I want to see this wealth. I want to see Kathy having men that she clearly pays so well that they picked up Sutton and just carried her into the threshold because they're getting paid. They don't care. Who cares about my back? The, the the health of my back. Not that I'm saying Sutton's big, but you know, she is a fully formed human being. Um, you know, that that's what I want to see. I want to see things that I will never see again. That, so thank you, Kathy, because you gave us that. Sutton tells Kathy that after their trip to Del Mar, she feels like she kind of returned a corner with, with uh, Erica, but she's, excuse me, she kind of turned a corner with Crystal and that was good, but she feels a little bit weirded out by the Erica situation and the like kind of amends that they made. And she just feels like, how long is this going to last? Like, it seems like we're kind of at a lull, but you know, like where's, when's the aftershock? We had the earthquake and I'm just waiting for more to come. Kathy is like, she continues to do this like trailing off sort of thing and she's you know next time you see erica it's going to be at crystal's party and that's really all about her like nothing else matters except this new year's party like nothing ever matters but you know you know what i'm saying like <laughs> no we we don't we don't we do but we don't and i appreciate that uh so then we have the ugh, the scream team, which i uh, i will call it from now on erica lisa dorit and kyle they all go to lunch Erica, excuse me, Kyle making sure to put that $23, $23,000 Hermes bag on the table, kill me, before putting it in a chair. And then Dorit pointing out that, like, not only did the waitress give Kyle a chair for her $23,000 purse, that she took the chair from Dorit and her lowly, miserly $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag. Now, Dorit really should have that chair because let's be real, um, if the blind items are correct, allegedly um, Dorit has burned a lot of bridges in the fashion world by um, purchasing things and then returning them. Um, you know, remember? Remember when, <laughs> what, um, was it New York or Atlanta? I think maybe it was Atlanta, maybe a fight between um, Kim and Nene where they're like, everybody knows that you return things from, from Saks Fifth Avenue. Like, I, I'm not remembering this correctly, but somebody somebody remind me. Hit my DMs or email me if you remember what that conversation was about and who which housewives those were. Um, but anyway, yeah. She, Dorit, you know, they check those things when you send them back. And you they have to be in pristine condition, so... Good luck to you. In a confessional, Erica says something about how it's nice to hang out with these women because they're just very light and bright and they help her take her mind off things. And I just know that like something I would love to have is to watch my friends fighting over their multi-thousand dollar purses while I'm tumbling more and more into debt and everybody's um, finally realizing that I've been living high off the hog off of poor burn victims. 
and children who will never see their parents again. I guess if that's the nice distraction that you need, Erica, get it. And you'll get it in spades with these women. So then Kyle asks everyone, and by everyone I mean Erica, how they're doing. And Erica's like, well, sometimes I have good days and sometimes I just want to punch back. And I'm just wondering when I'm going to be able to hit back at people. Uh, I'm going to go with never, as long as there are widows, widows and victims who are still owed money. Like, maybe at that point we can bring this discussion back to the table. But for now, I'm going to say, just just put you down for never. Never. That's never going to be happening. Um, then she starts talking about, like, trolling the trolls. And I just, like, girl, nobody's trolling you. They're concerned. And so if you're thing is to go like Tommy Tommy Laren on them this is why you're at where you're at nobody's trolling you girl I mean somebody's probably trolling you but generally speaking girl give it up then Kyle reveals that she spoke to Sutton the other day and that Sutton basically still feels the same way that like Erica was not telling the truth about the details of Tommy taking a tumble part one and Erica's like, well, fuck that bitch. This is the truth. And I'm going to say the same thing every time because my lawyers advised against me. I mean, because it's the truth. So then Erica puts her very expensive foot in her mouth and she's like, you know, I've told you guys this. I told you that, uh, Tom, uh, God, what did I tell you guys? Um, Tom fell. Did we do that? The ankle? Did I mention the ankle to you guys? Uh, Tom, see, what had happened was, um, God, what did I tell you guys? Oh, oh, you know, I told you guys that we, when we were in Lakita that my son found Tom. Uh, <laughs> and Kyle's immediately like, Mmm, did you? I don't remember that. That seems to have conveniently slipped out of my memory because maybe you never said that before and we're only just now hearing this. Your son... Your son... <laughs> constantly, constantly is Erica's uh, son in the line of fire. He's just constantly saving the day. This man should get a purple heart for freedom or, like, courage whatever the courage one is, maybe he should get that because Lord knows. I mean, this is like truly like a final destination. He allegedly saw Tommy take a tumble in the back of the house, found him. And then he goes to Tommy takes a tumble to part two. And then he tumbles himself. Ooh, that's a lot of tumbling, a lot of tumbling. Boy, George, I'll tumble for you. That's exactly what Tom is doing. Um, so yeah, nobody knew this shit about Tom or Erica's son going to save the day because you specifically said that you were the one who found Tom unconscious. But now you're saying that your son came and that you guys found him together. I can't. I'm glad this season is done because I can't keep up with all the lies. I can't. And neither can she. <laughs> So let's all take a break. At that point, Kyle tries to redirect and attempts to tell Erica that maybe her social media presence isn't helping her in the court of public opinion. And 
Lisa tries to chime in on some like Rosie the Riveter shit and is like, you know, I've gotten in trouble for for trolling people in my day. And her comparison is that she exposed herself, if you want to use that word, as a, a liberal to the QVC, what I'm sure is very conservative audience, and that she had a price to pay. Did her duster line get pulled from QVC or something? Is that what happened? Anyway, the fact that she's like trying to compare this, like a bunch of Karens being upset with her, to Erica being on the hook for $25 million and then going on Instagram and telling people to eat her pussy, um, not the same. Not the same to me, but okay. Anyway, we find out that Garcelle went on her date with Computer Keith, that man we all saw on that matchmaker's laptop with the abs. She says he was not really for her. We got a very short clip, thank God, of the date with Keith. And whew, the man, find a personality. Find one. Also, is he Teresa's boyfriend's tether? Is that Louis's tether? That man had the personality of like a like a slightly mildewed sponge. So no, ma'am. I, I want more for her. And I want more for Garcelle than Brad Pitt, too. Um, but definitely more than this Keith guy, for sure. Anyway, um, she makes a really funny joke <laughs> to her hair and makeup team about how she thinks that it might be time to let the matchmaker go. And her hair stylist says... Gosh, why? Because you've had so much good luck with her so far. <laughs> the shade. The absolute shade. Anyway, it's now time for Crystal's Chinese New Year party. Kathy shows up with Elliot Mintz, just doing a throwback of um, all those times that Paris would be hanging out with him back in the good old days. Just going to Craig's and going to the Ivy and coming out. Remember those? Remember those days? I know what Elliot Mintz does. Like, I know he's a publicist, but also he just seems like such a relic. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like he used to hang out with, like, Old Blue Eyes in Vegas. And now he's just found himself, like, all his friends are dead. Sammy's dead. Dean's dead. You know? And he's just, like, here in these, like, wild suits, probably constantly getting confused for, um... Who's that other guy with the spiky hair rod stewart he kind of looks like rod stewart kind of looks like the guy from the jinx robert durst (laughs) neither neither great comparisons my bad elliot i'm sure you're a lovely man um also elliot mintz was really um you know there in the annals of history of the real housewives of beverly hills if we all remember the um dorit were people doing coke in your bathroom moment where uh, Lisa found herself all alone at Dorit's dinner table left to make small talk with Elliot. Ugh, what a, what a moment in time. Garcelle arrives. Lisa arrives. Garcelle takes Lisa aside to have a conversation. And I love this. This was like inside the actor's studio of just like two women. It was giving me shades of last season, last season's finale, when Lisa and Denise have that conversation. And it's just very like, each of them clearly knows that the other one is bullshitting and they're acting but they're going through this. It's like kind of like an improv and a dance to sort of see which one's going to give this up. But in the meantime, we're just going to be fake nice to each other. And I loved it. 
I loved the, just the undercurrent of tension between Garcelle and Lisa because you know that they don't fuck with each other for very different ways. And they're just like trying to figure it out. Probably production was like, hey, why don't we wrap up the storyline? Because you guys were so heavily featured in the beginning of the season. Like, let's just have this scene where we can just, you know, figure out where we're at now. Now, had it not been for all the Erica stuff, I think that Garcelle and Lisa probably could have made something work. But I think it's a bridge too far. I actually think that there's probably more of a chance of Erica and Sutton being friends than Garcelle and Lisa. I really do. Lisa starts talking about how they're good and she feels like they're on a nice path together, that they're still walking. (laughs) And in a confessional, Lisa says that she's really tried. Excuse me? And that she would love, you know, it, it, it was wild. And that she hopes that they could move forward. Okay, well, maybe you should stop talking shit about Garcelle and all your confessionals. That would be a great start. Um, you talking about how this is a Garcelle that I like to see and you guys weren't friends. Okay. Like y'all were industry friends. There was no deep con- uh, thing. Like y'all knew each other because at one point you, Lisa and Garcelle were on the same level. Now that has changed and Garcelle is an actual working actress with things going on and, and stuff just filling up her docket left and right. Whereas you, Lisa are Uh, fighting with the QVC ladies over your political beliefs? I don't know. I don't know. But it is my belief, and I rarely use this word because I think it can often be a, um, you know, just most of the time it's bullshit. Lisa's jealous. Lisa is jealous of Garcelle. Lisa, I've never seen, in my, aside from Erica, (laughs) it's hard to remember who's, gotten this housewife thing so wrong than Lisa this season. It's like she went to a different part of the internet where people were praising her for what happened with Denise and she really was feeling her pussy all season and it wasn't working. And I wonder if she's like embarrassed. No, she's not. She can't possibly be. She played this so wrong. So wrong, you guys. And maybe that's just who Lisa is at her core. Something to think about. (laughs) So then Garcelle lays down the gauntlet and she says to Lisa that she hopes that, you know, maybe one day she would like to see Lisa reach out to Denise at some point. Lisa says that she's like kind of open to that. If there's like a natural time and space for hap to happen, for that to happen. And in a confessional, she gets some kind of like bass in her voice about how like nobody's going to tell her what to do with her friendships and she'll do it on her own time when it's organic and when she feels like it. Okay. There's no like not organic time to apologize to somebody. The thing is like, you don't give a shit. You think you're right and you don't see the need to apologize. So to put it on Garcelle of like, she's pressuring me into apologizing and I'm just going to do what I want when I feel like it. It's like, okay, great. Well, how that, that's going to work out really poorly for you. And I can't wait. I really can't wait. I heard rumors about Garcelle really pushing for Denise to come back next season. Y'all, I would love it. I would love it. Mm. Why do I keep whispering? <laughs> Garcelle in her own confessional talking about Lisa says that she would like to see more actions out of Lisa and less talk. And that's on period period. Thank you. Um, 
so Sutton shows up late to the party. She's on the way in the car with her boyfriend, Michael, and she says that she's willing to let go of the whole Erica exploding on her thing, but what she's not going to let go of is the truth. And like Tom Petty, she won't back down. (laughs) So as soon as she hobbles her way over to the table where all the women are at, Erica immediately pretends like, oh, I'm like highly invested in this sugar candy table. Let me go over there. I I really can't wait to see that. And then we see like whatever Erica apologized for was bullshit. She's not feeling some type of way. And I know that I said last week that I think that the reason why Erica apologized is because she knows on some respect, I think she really likes Sutton. I think, I don't know. I'm just very confused. I've changed my opinion, but I don't know what my opinion is now, which doesn't help for a podcast. And I realize that. And I apologize. I apologize. (laughs) But something is going on. Obviously something weird is going on with Sutton. I'm I'm thinking this dead space is me thinking. I don't know. I don't know. Let me when I post this and post it on Instagram. Let me know what y'all's theories are about Sutton or about Erica's treatment of Sutton. Do you think that this is all real? Do you think that she really doesn't fuck with her? Like, I think Erica wants to maintain this visage of not fucking with her, and I can understand why Erica would be upset with Sutton. With that being said, I think she actually likes Sutton, but also wants to maintain this, like, evil, um, bad bitch, stonewall, stone-cold, ice queen thing, because it's really all she has. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, if she really became... I, I think she, like... It was like a cry for help, almost. Like, the apology to Sutton was almost like a cry for help... But then she realized, like, oh, I can't be that vulnerable. So now I have to go back on it. Okay, that's my theory. That's my theory. Okay, thank you. We worked it out. So everyone sits down for dinner. Rob Minkoff does a speech about how true friends don't take away your problems, but they're there when the problems arise. And you can hear Erica mutter under her breath. You got that right. Crystal starts talking about how she might be a little bit quiet, but her heart is open, and it's never been more open than when she's sharing her culture. And then she tells the ladies that they all have a red envelope with money in it and that they're supposed to use it to feed the animal that's about to arrive. And if you feed the animal, the money that you give will come back in spades. Um, Now, I noticed when Kyle opened her envelope, it had like a dollar in it. And that's fine because Kyle doesn't need the money. Sell your Birkin if you need the money that bad. But like, do you think that she like, in my mind, Crystal low-key put like a little bit more money in, in Erica's little envelope? I don't think it was big enough to put $25 million and like, I don't really know what the, um, what spades means. Like, what is the actual, what is like, if I'm giving you five, if I'm giving the dragon $5, how much can I expect on my return? Are, are there dividends? Is there an account? Like, I just need to know. Well, Erica needs to know because she's the broke bitch, not me. Okay. Um, I'm a broke bitch, but in a different way. Okay. Very different. Mine is... I'm an ethical broke bitch, if you will. (laughs) So Kyla tries to ask which animals she's going to be feeding. But before she really can get an answer, the music starts playing. There are these steel drums going and, and, you know, all this cacophony of sound. (laughs) Kyle freaks the fuck out. (laughs) As if there was like a serious earthquake about to happen. Like she was like, oh my God. 
oh, what's happening? Literally freaked out so much. It was, it made this whole season worth it. Like, she deserved that. She deserved to be scared. And I loved it. Anyway. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Kyle, after that, after she settles herself, Kyle then asks Crystal, like, what are some traditions that you guys have for Chinese New Year? And Crystal says that there's a lot of things that you do to get ready and prepare for the New Year, like getting your hair cut or, you know, on the actual New Year's Day, you don't curse or um, you don't take your trash out that day. And when she says something about sweeping, Kyle turns to Sutton and says, oh, like sweet Sutton sweeping things under the rug? Bitch, the way I would have let the chopper spray all over Kyle the second she said that, like, I would have left no prisoners. I would have been like, enough, enough. And if we want to talk about sweeping things under the carpet, Kyle, why don't we talk about your um, hashtag Be Honest campaign that you've been doing this whole season with me And your ass can't be honest with this alleged friend that you have. You had no problem kikiing over there with PK, Dorit, and Mauricio about um, do the ankle, which was very funny. And I don't blame her for laughing. But you know what? When Erica found out about that was when it aired. So if we're going to talk about be honest, let's look under your rug, Kyle. Because I think there's a lot of dirt there and a lot of dust bunnies. However, Sutton is far more graceful than I could and would ever be. She turns to Erica and says, hey, like, I don't want to sweep anything under the rug with us because we're going into this new Chinese year and I just want to make sure we're okay because I don't want any ill will between us. Erica just stares at Sutton. And there are often times where we see, like, the editing will make it seem like there's just this hushed silence that lasts for so many seconds for drama. But this was real. <laughs> this was real. Like, everybody's waiting for Erica to respond. Erica's, like, almost looking at everybody else, like, are y'all going to say something? <laughs> As if Sutton wasn't directly res- addressing her. <laughs> it's so quiet that. At one point, Elliot Mintz whispers, I didn't hear what she said, Kath. And Kathy whispers back, I'll tell you in a minute. (laughs) Erica has the audacity to ask everybody else why they're so quiet. And Garcelle's like, "Uh, we're waiting on you 
to see if you have anything to say. And Erica's like, well, I have nothing to say. So in a confessional, Erica says, you know, I don't need an apology from somebody who's been condemning me for six or seven months. It means nothing. Okay. So Sutton tries to say at the table that, you know, something about how, you know, I'm speaking for everybody when I say that I want you, Erica, to come out of this all shiny and new. And Maurice was like, yes, don't know what you're saying because I'm high as fuck, but I agree. Okay. And Erica continues to stonewall Sutton. PK and Dorit say, you know, all right, well, maybe Erica needs a moment or, or more than a moment. And in a confessional, Sutton says, why am I trying so hard with this woman? And what do these other women see in her? Question of the year for both of y'all, for all of y'all. Why are you trying so hard, Sutton? <laughs> and why are, why is, why do they champion Erica so badly? It's like she does, like she's got something on them. You know, it's like how I feel about uh, Food God and Kim Kardashian. Like, their everlasting friendship makes no sense to me. And the only thing, the only way that I can justify it in my mind is that Food God, Jonathan Chevin, holds the keys to the vault of all the Kardashian secrets, of all the Jenner secrets. And that's the only reason why they're friends. And that's what I feel like might be happening. Like, Erica might be the Jonathan Chevin of the group. Like, she knows things. Let's talk about the husband, Lisa. Let's talk about the husband, Kyle. I think there's something. Who knows what Dorit's got in her vault? A lot of debt, I'm sure. Um, I honestly think that the reason, the only reason why these women are maintaining a friendship is because they're afraid of what she's going to say. Because loose lips sink ships. And I'm... I'm ready. I'm ready for the SS Rena to just go down Titanic style. Titanic style. I want to know. I want to know. Let's talk about the husband. In another confessional, Kyle says that, you know, son's trying to make peace and that even though Erica's going through a lot, she needs to apologize and that it's time for her to do her part. But notice how Kyle says this in a confessional and not at the table to Erica's face, even though you brought all this shit up, why are you too scared? You have plenty of smoke for Sutton and none for Erica. And it makes no sense. <sighs> I'm so over the season. <laughs> so everybody gets up from the table. There's like a whole dessert situation happening. Everybody's up and like chatting, whatnot. Sutton and Kyle go to the bathroom and Erica sits at, she's still at the table with PK. And PK's like, wow, that was really uncomfortable, Erica. And I wish that at least somebody had like burped or something during that silence. So we weren't just waiting there for you to respond. <laughs> and then they have this sort of like conversation of, you know, just like keep your head up, stiff upper lip, whatever the British people say. Um, Sutton and Kyle go to the bathroom, like I said, and Kyle tries to be like, well, I only mentioned that sweeping things under the rug thing because I thought that you and Erica were okay. So I just figured when you guys were at the, like a very tenuous part in this relationship and everybody was completely insecure about where you guys stood with each other, I thought I would make a joke that brings back all those bad memories back and it blew up in my face. Isn't that strange? Huh? 
can't believe that that happened. I was just trying to make funny. Mm, wow. Sutton says that the one thing that she's really, truly upset about with regard to Erica is what happened at Kathy's house. Fair. And Kyle makes a comment about how Erica can be kind of tough. And Sutton's like, yeah, well, I'm sure she is because it makes everybody else afraid to say something to her. Kyle. <laughs> so... <laughs> In the restaurant, Kathy goes up to Erica and they have sort of like a, I see you, you see me, we see each other moment. You know, we're kind of the same in that, you know, I like to, you know, <laughs> hold things close to their chest is what she's trying to say. So she challenges Erica to just hear Sutton out, hear what she's got to say. So Erica goes up to the table all the ladies are at and Kyle's like, oh, hi, Erica. It's so weird that we were just talking about you. So Erica's like, okay, well, what were you guys talking about? And Sutton says, well, we're talking about the fact that we need to talk. And at that point, Sutton admits she was a little bit judgy of Erica in the beginning. And Erica says, I hear you. It's hard to hear, but I hear you when you say that. Um, because we were really close in the beginning and we connected on certain things. And I just wanted you to be a little bit, have a little bit more faith in who I am. And who Erica Girardi is. And, you know, Sutton suggests that maybe they should have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And Erica says, maybe. <laughs> maybe that will happen in time. And then Sutton says that she just needs to be able to trust Erica as well. In the fact that when I come to you, and if I have something to say, I just want to know that I'm not going to get this lion's mouth and get my head chopped off. And get your wrath. And... Erica's like, okay, well, that's why we're not going to talk right now. Because if you say anything else, I will pop off on you. And that was really the end of the episode. You know, we had our standard, what are the ladies up to now? What's happening? Lisa is shopping or considering the idea of an acrylic nail line because of Harry's nails for his guitar. See, get her off the show. She's got nothing. Not a damn thing. Not a single thing. Uh, you know, Erica's still in the depths of hell. Just every day, digging herself deeper and deeper. Um, Sutton moved out of Kyle's home. So, thank God we're not going to have to hear about Landlord Kyle anymore. Um, what's Kyle up to? I don't know. Oh, she finally got Kim's number. <laughs> so, hooray for that. Um, and that was really it. Like, I didn't really give a fuck about anybody else. And I really didn't give a fuck about the people I just talked about. So there we are. The end of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 11. I mean, we've got a month, a month, you guys, of reunions coming up. And I do not think that we need them. And yes, I saw the the trailer. And yes, it looked kind of good. Do I, do I think it looked four parts good? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because outside of the Erica stuff, what do we have to talk about? We could talk a little bit about Sutton and Crystal, but it seems like they're friends now. We can get into Lisa versus Garcelle. I'd be happy to hear that. But that's one episode right there. And Dorit and Garcelle. One episode of Erica. And that's it. And I'm not about to praise Daddy Andy for asking the quote-unquote tough questions. Because I just don't trust it. 
I don't trust it. Okay. And another thing, uh, speaking of reunions, I saw that uh, Nikki did in fact appear to the Real House of Potomac reunion. And I, to which I say, no, <laughs> like I could understand. I was a little bit excited in the beginning when this first was being talked about, but now that we know what we know about her husband and her intimidating this victim of her husband's he is convicted of these crimes that they were like trying to pay this woman off and were like physically intimidating her fuck that like i don't want anything to do with nikki anymore i think everything that she's been doing is gross and i do not think that she should be celebrated i don't care i don't like it and i don't want to hear it But anyway, that's another conversation for another day, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.